Welcome to today's episode, everyone. I'm Tom, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jen. We have a pretty exciting topic lined up for you today. That's right, Tom. Today, we're talking about how we can estimate vegetation indices, which are crucial for monitoring forest ecosystems using Sentinel-1 Synthetic Aperture Radar, or SAR data, and AutoML, that's short for Automated Machine Learning. Vegetation indices, like the NDVI, are typically obtained from optical satellite data, but clouds can really get in the way of continuous monitoring. Exactly, but the cool thing about SAR data, like from Sentinel-1, is that it can see through clouds. It gives us a systematic way to monitor forests day and night, whatever the weather conditions are. And that brings us to AutoML, which is this cutting-edge tool that automatically builds machine learning models. It makes complex data science a lot more accessible. For sure. And in this case, we're using AutoML to help us translate the SAR data into the optical vegetation indices we mentioned earlier. That's a game changer because it means we can monitor forests more consistently. And because forests cover about 30% of the Earth's surface and play a massive role in carbon cycles and biodiversity, this kind of data is incredibly valuable. Absolutely. And what the paper we're discussing did was to pair Sentinel-1 SAR data with labels or ground truth derived from Sentinel-2 optical data using machine learning to create predictions of optical VIs from SAR. And the results were impressive. With the help of AutoML, they could estimate these vegetation indices with high accuracy and offer up to 240 measurements a year with a spatial resolution of 20 meters. The potential this has for detecting rapid changes in forests, like due to logging or natural disasters, is huge since it offers much finer temporal accuracy than what we can get from optical data alone. The takeaway here is that by combining SAR data with AutoML, we've got a powerful new way to keep an eye on our planet's forests. It's just another example of how technology is helping us understand and protect the environment. This kind of tool could help us respond faster to changes and manage forests more sustainably. So join us next time when we'll dive into another exciting development in the world of science and technology. Until then, keep your thoughts green and your environment greener. Thanks for listening. Is your bath time feeling a bit too terrestrial lately? Want to dive into a clean that spans the space-time continuum? Look no further than Bubbletron's Quantum Bath Emporium, home of the Suds Collider, that makes your dirt particles think they've entered a black hole. And who can pass up the chance to be simultaneously squeaky clean and questionably dirty with Schrodinger's soap? No need to choose. Experience both until you decide to step out and collapse the probability. Plus, with every splash, you're saving the planet one miniature rainbow vortex at a time. So if you're ready for a bath that's less blah and more eureka, then it's time to teleport to Bubbletron's Quantum Bath Emporium, where every dunk is a dunk into the unknown. Just don't blame us if you come out with a bit more charm and fewer electrons than you went in with. Bubbletron, where cleanliness meets quirkiness, and you get cleaner than this universe can handle. Tell them Tom and Jen sent you for a free micro black hole with your first bubble bath purchase. Disclaimer, Bubbletron's Quantum Bath Emporium is not responsible for any unexpected time travel, quantum entanglement, or multiverse breaches during your bathing experience. Stay bubbly, folks.
Welcome back, folks, to our award-winning podcast. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have a fascinating topic where we'll dive into the virtual world of artificial intelligence and its role in understanding driving behaviors. That's right, Jen. We're talking about a remarkable study titled Automatic Identification of Driving Maneuver Patterns Using a Robust Hidden Semi-Markov Models. To kick things off, let's establish what we're dealing with here. Imagine you're driving and your car is learning how you maneuver, accelerating, braking, taking sharp turns. These are all patterns your car might be identifying. Exactly, Jen. And the study we're discussing uses sophisticated statistical models to automate this learning process. The magic words here are robust hidden semi-Markov models, or HSMM for short. Tom, I find Markov models quite enchanting. They're all about understanding sequences, like say, a sequence of driving maneuvers. They help predict what might come next based on what has happened before. Spot on. Now let's spice it up with hidden and semi-Markov. A hidden Markov model means we're dealing not just with what we can see, like the actual maneuvers, but with underlying states that might not be directly observable. And the semi part is where it gets really interesting. Traditional Markov models assume that transitions from one state to another, say a turn or a stop, happen in equal time steps. But we all know life, especially driving, isn't that neat. That's where the hierarchical Dirichlet process comes into the mix, which allows the model to be more flexible, reflecting the very duration of these driving states. But there's a challenge, isn't there? The original model, while powerful, had a tendency to overestimate the number of states. It's a bit like claiming you've used every single button on your car's dashboard during a quick drive to the grocery store. Exactly. And those overestimations could lead to misinterpretations of driving behaviors. The study authors then propose a new, robust model that cuts down the redundant or unnecessary states, making the estimation process much more accurate. And the way they validate this is super fascinating. They use a simulation to compare the original and robust models. Spoiler alert, the robust model performed better with fewer overestimations. Real-world data collected from actual drivers was also used. They fed this data to both the original and the new robust model. Again, the robust model was able to identify meaningful driving patterns more clearly. What this could mean for the future is smarter cars that better understand our individual driving styles and potentially improve safety and efficiency on the road. A world where cars learn to adapt to our driving, enhancing our experience behind the wheel. It's no wonder this research caught our eye. It's certainly a paper that drives forward both our understanding of AI and how it can be applied to everyday life, especially in the ever-evolving world of transportation. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next deep dive into the world where data meets the road. Until next time, drive safe and keep thinking big. Goodbye from Jen. And goodbye from me, Tom. Keep your curiosity engine running. Ever wanted to add a little abracadabra to your ollie? Or maybe a hocus-pocus to your halfpipe? Well, listeners, do we have a whimsical wizardry update for you? Introducing RuneScape Mystics LLC, where the skate park meets the ancient spellbook. Strap on their patented runic rollerblades and feel the Elder Futhark runes boost your speed faster than a broomstick on game day. With every spell spin and enchanted ollie, you'll be carving mystic symbols into the pavement like a magical graffiti artist. Forget kickflips, start doing rune flips. 
Just make sure you land them unless you want to accidentally summon a Viking ghost. But that's not all. Ever hit a pebble and wish you could just levitate? Now you can. Or, well, you might. Side effects do include unexpected teleportation. Helmet? Optional. Spellbook? Well, you might want one for those tricky incantations that stop the levitation. At RuneScape Mystics, your skate isn't just a skate. It's a magic roll. Find them at runescapemystics.com. Just don't blame us when you accidentally warp to Valhalla. Tom and Jen, RuneScape Mystics, LLC. Because why just skate when you can skate with the gods? Welcome to our show, where we dive deep into fascinating topics and break them down for all of our curious listeners. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we're exploring the intriguing subject of health insurance coverage and citizenship among immigrants, getting into the nitty-gritty of how researchers use models to understand complex social issues. Exactly, Jen. We're going to unpack a paper titled The Link Between Health Insurance Coverage and Citizenship Among Immigrants, Bayesian Unit-Level Regression Modeling of Categorical Survey Data Observed with Measurement Error. Sounds daunting, but stick with us. Now, folks, Imagine you're a social scientist studying how being a citizen or not impacts an immigrant's health insurance status in the U.S. The data from surveys like the Survey of Income and Program Participation, or SIP, is gold for this kind of research. But here's the kicker. There are challenges. That's right, Jen. First off, the survey's design could skew things if not taken into account. Think of it as needing to adjust your glasses to avoid a blurred vision of the data. The second issue is that sometimes people make mistakes when answering survey questions, like misreporting their citizenship status. This oops moment can tilt the findings unless dealt with properly. To tackle these problems, the authors of this paper propose a fancy statistical method. It's like a recipe that balances out these inaccuracies and gives us a clearer picture. This recipe is called a weighted pseudo-likelihood mixture of categorical distributions. Tom, doesn't that just roll off the tongue? Absolutely, Jen. It's a mouthful. But what it really means is that the method sees through the mistakes to find the hidden truth about who's a citizen and who's not in the survey responses. Let's break it down. Bayesian modeling is like detective work, piecing together clues, in this case survey data, to estimate realities, such as the relationship between citizenship and health insurance coverage among immigrants. Our researchers also run simulations, which are like test drives for their model, to show it works well in reducing bias from the survey design and the misreporting. The results have weighty implications. A naive analysis without this careful adjustment could underestimate things like the gap in health insurance coverage between naturalized citizens and non-citizens. That's a big deal, Jen, because accurate data helps policymakers make informed decisions to bridge these gaps. This paper lights the way to robust data analysis in immigrant studies, particularly when looking at health insurance. So, folks, though the title might give you a statistical headache, remember that at the heart of it, it's all about giving us a true-to-life snapshot of immigrants' experiences with health insurance and the role of citizenship. And that's all we have for you today. We've decoded a complex topic and hopefully sparked your interest in the crossroads of statistics, policy, and real human lives. Join us next time as we unravel another fascinating topic. Until then, I'm Jen. And I'm Tom. Keep questioning and keep listening. Take care, everyone.
you ever dream of nailing that quintuple pirouette, but your toes say nope? Or imagine floating across the stage like a swan, but you're more of a quirky duckling. Well, fret no more, twinkle toes, because our friends at CyberTutu RoboPoints, Inc. have the perfect upgrade for your ballet blues. Introducing the Pirouette Prowlers, not just any ballet shoe. These bad boys have brains and brawn. Engineered with the finesse of a prima ballerina and the horsepower of a mini monster truck, these shoes come with microprocessors that make tech geeks and tutu wearers unite in awe. With a tap on your app, you can soar like never before. Those leaps? They'll think you have rockets in your ruffles. And for the rhythmically challenged, the auto swan mode turns you into the grace on stage you always wanted to be. You might not know Swan Lake from Duck Pond, but your robo points do. GPS guided toe placement? That's right. You'll land every jump with the precision of a cybernetic cat. Even GPS satellites will pause to admire. And the best part? You'll never dance alone. Because when your feet are having a mind of their own, every pirouette is a surprise. So why wait? With CyberTutu RoboPoints, say goodbye to dance disasters and hello to ballet mastery. CyberTutu RoboPoints, Inc., upgrading your shuffle to Shuffle 2.0. Get yours today and step into the future of dance. And remember, when you're gliding effortlessly in the spotlight, try to look surprised at your own talent. Your audience will love it. Welcome back to our award-winning podcast, where we explore the intricate world of data science and machine learning. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today's episode is geared up to be especially interesting as we dive into what sounds like a powerful method in the realm of discriminant analysis, FEMDA. FEMDA, or as it's formally known, a unified framework for discriminant analysis, sounds like one of those things that could revolutionize how we approach classification problems, doesn't it, Jen? Totally, Tom. Now, we all love when data neatly falls into a Gaussian distribution, but let's face it, that's often not the case. Think of all the outliers and non-Gaussian distributions we deal with. That's where FEMDA comes in, right? Exactly. Traditional methods like linear and quadratic discriminant analysis work wonders when data is Gaussian distributed. But for the real-world mess, not so much. So how does FEMDA tackle this, Tom? Kick us off with the intuitive basics. Will do. Imagine you have a basket of fruits. Discriminant analysis is about creating rules to classify each fruit into categories. I like that. So if the fruits are our data points, FEMDA would be trying to sort them even if they come in weird shapes and sizes that don't fit our usual categories. Spot on, Jen. Traditionally, we'd measure, say, the size and sweetness of the fruit, assuming they all follow similar patterns. Right, the classic Gaussian assumption. But FEMDA doesn't assume that all fruits or data points come from the same tree. It says, hey, let's consider each piece of fruit might grow under slightly different conditions. It's like acknowledging each data point could be its special snowflake. Ha, exactly. So FEMDA introduces this idea that every cluster, every basket of fruit could have its own unique characteristics. Instead of forcing a one-size-fits-all model, it works with, with this array of elliptically symmetrical ES distributions. Think of ES distributions as a family of shapes that aren't perfect spheres, but more like slightly squashed or elongated balls. In data terms, it means that clusters can have their own unique spread and orientation, not just the standard bell curve. And here's the kicker. FEMDA uses something called maximum likelihood estimation. But to make our lives easier, it goes for the marginal likelihood, 
This is like taking an average across the uncertainty in our data. Right. Instead of getting lost in calculating precise models for each data point, it zooms out and estimates the big picture. So we end up with a robust and flexible way of classifying our data, like flexible for apples, oranges, and even the odd dragon fruit tossed into our basket. That analogy is on point, Jen. And the beauty is, Femda isn't just theoretical. It boils down to practical rules for classification that are simple and efficient. Now, that's something data scientists can sink their teeth into. In our next segment, we'll attempt to demystify those FEMDA rules with some real-life examples. Stay tuned as we dig further into this remarkable approach to making sense of our not-always-so-Gaussian world. That's coming up after the break. Coming up after the break, we've got a knee-slapper of a commercial from our latest sponsor. That's right, Tom. We're talking about CloudHammer Weatherproofing, Inc., the folks who are as serious about clear skies as we are about quality podcast content. Uh-oh, Jen, looks like rain. Good thing I've got the Cloud Hammer app on speed dial. That's right, Tom. Why settle for a rain check when you can nail the sky, seal the deal? Are you planning the outdoor event of the century, but the weather forecast is gloomier than a horror movie marathon? Fear not. With Cloud Hammer Weatherproofing, Inc., your special day will be as dry as my aunt's Thanksgiving turkey. Bless her heart. Their team of meteorological blacksmiths is ready to swing into action, hammering away at those pesky clouds. Got a cumulus nimbus giving you the cumulonimbus blues? Say goodbye to those clouds, or as Cloud Hammer says, you bring the events, we'll bring the elements to their knees. It's literally forge a clear path to a sunshiny day with just a tap on your phone. And if that doesn't work, well... They'll send out a team with a giant, mythical hammer to personally beat the weather into submission. Disclaimer, no actual clouds are harmed in the process, except those rain clouds. And with their money-back guarantee, if it rains on your parade, you'll get a full refund, assuming you can pry it from the hands of our mighty Thor lookalike technicians. So remember to call Cloud Hammer Weatherproofing Inc. for that all-important Baba Q or Vortex-Free Vortex party. Nail the sky, seal the deal. Stay tuned as we get back to the stories that make you laugh, cry, and sometimes wonder about the sanity of humanity. Cloud Hammer Weatherproofing, Inc. Because who needs meteorologists when you have a hammer? And we're back in three, two, one. Welcome back, folks. You're tuned in to our award-winning podcast, where today, Jen and I will be diving deep into the world of machine learning and uncertainty estimation in precipitation measurement. Right, Jen? That's right, Tom. We've all seen the weather report saying there's a 30% chance of rain. But have you ever wondered how scientists come up with these numbers? Well, in today's episode, we'll be unraveling the mysteries of fusing precipitation observations from satellites and ground-based gauges. You might be thinking, that sounds complex, and you're absolutely correct. But don't worry, we'll break it down into bite-sized, easy-to-digest pieces of information that by the end of this show will make you a mini-expert on this topic. So let's start with the basics. When it comes to measuring precipitation, or let's just say rainfall to keep it simple, we can get data from satellites orbiting our planet or from gauges placed on the ground. That's right. Satellites can give us an overview from the sky, but the data they provide isn't perfect. Meanwhile, 
Ground-based gauges give us super accurate local data, but unfortunately, we can't have them everywhere because, well, installing and maintaining these gauges can get expensive. Scientists, being the clever people they are, came up with a smart solution. Why not combine these two sources of information to get a more accurate picture? This merging process is called satellite precipitation product correction. However, this process is not without its uncertainties. Uncertainty in this context means not being 100% sure about the measurements. And here's where machine learning comes into play. Machine learning algorithms can analyze large data sets and find complex patterns, which can aid in uncertainty estimation. The paper we're discussing looks at this very aspect using what they call quantile regression and several other innovative algorithms. A quantile, in simple terms, is a way of slicing data into equal-sized parts. Think of it like slicing a pizza so that everyone gets a piece with an equal amount of toppings. Quantile regression is then a sophisticated method of using those slices to better understand our predictions about rainfall. And why does this matter? Because with climate change and unpredictable weather patterns, having accurate predictions can help us prepare better for floods and droughts. The study we're looking at is groundbreaking as it's one of the first to do extensive tests on these machine learning methods for uncertainty estimation in rainfall across the United States, spanning 15 long years. That's a lot of data. It's like having a really, really big pizza to slice. The researchers compared six different algorithms by how well they could approximate the entire predictive probability distribution which is really just a technical way of saying they looked at how these methods can predict different possible outcomes. Exactly. And they found that the order from the best to the worst learners or algorithms is as follows. Light gradient boosted machines, or light GBM for short, followed by quantile regression forests, generalized random forests, gradient boosting machines, quantile regression neural networks, and finally, just plain old quantile regression. They also evaluated the importance of different types of data. They found that satellite precipitation data is crucial, elevation data is also important, and distances between points of interest and satellite grid points matter too. So what we have here, folks, is a clearer idea of how to better predict rainfall, which could help farmers, city planners, anyone who deals with the impact of rain. And what's exciting is that this kind of research opens the door for even more advancements can you imagine a future where we can predict weather phenomena with near-perfect accuracy? It's a future I look forward to. It has been a fascinating journey today, unraveling the complexities of machine learning for rainfall prediction. Thanks for exploring this brainy topic with us, Jen. Always a pleasure, Tom. And thank you, our dear listeners, for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast for more exciting journeys into the world of science and technology. Have you ever ventured into the icy wilderness only to find yourself craving something both crisp and mystic? Well, strap on your snowshoes and wrap up in your coziest parka because Yeti Pickle Fusion Inc. takes you on that frosty flavor trek without leaving your kitchen. Introducing the crunch that legends are made of, the Yeti pickle. It's not just fermented, it's frost fermented, baby. Each gourmet pickle is bathed in a secret mix of Himalayan spices. We're talking a recipe so secret, even the Yeti himself plays hide and seek with it. And hey, 
These cucumbers didn't just chill. They've been shivering with anticipation to zing your taste buds with an avalanche of flavor. Where every bite is a snow-capped journey, and every jar is a mystery waiting to be unscrewed. So don't let your snack time be a yawn fest. It's time to go bold, go mysterious. Go Yeti Pickle. Remember folks, don't just tickle your taste buds. Both, go Yeti Pickle.